This podcast is a part of the Podmania Podcasting Network. Check out podmania.co.uk to check out more of our great podcasts, features, reviews, match ratings and previews spanning the crazy and diverse world of professional wrestling. Hello, my name is Simon Miller from What Culture Wrestling and you are listening to the Podmania Pro Wrestling Podcast and you better keep listening to it. Why? Here's why. You're listening to the Podmania Pro Wrestling Podcast, a sample of the best pro wrestling podcasts we can produce on our tiny budget. Check us out on Apple Podcasts, Podcast Addict, CastBox, and all other podcast platforms. If it's wrestling you want, check out more of our great content at podmania.co.uk. Let's do this. Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of the Podmania Podcast, This Week in Wrestling. I am your host, Rob Gooden. I am joined by the Jim Cornette of Podmania and the internet smark of Podmania, Garth Jackson and Chris O'Brien. Garth, how the fuck are you doing, buddy? Motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> you, could, you could have said Young Buck, and that would have worked so much better. The young Buck of Podmania. <laughs> Uh, Alright, just haggard as fuck, but um, still going strong. Uh, Lovely. And I think, I don't know if this week I've watched one single wrestling match. Which is always which is always good for a, a pro wrestling <laughs> podcast, mate. On like, like, <laughs> like last time it was all three of us, and you were like, guys, this week I watched some wrestling, and I was like, oh my god, guys, what's some wrestling? It's just been like documentaries and just shit. Like... <laughs> It's just documentaries and, and and just shit. I go on I go on YouTube to to watch like a match and I end up just watching like the top ten promos of Chris Jericho and stuff like that. Like you just fall down the rabbit hole. Oh, big time! <laughs> You're only it's human, like, mate. Um, last week I fell down the rabbit hole of Japanese shoot incidents. Fucking hell! <laughs> like it's, it's amazing. No, 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 no! It's amazing. It's amazing how many of them involve Antonio Inoki. In some form, yeah. form of fashion, because Antonio Inoki is crazy. Oh, batshit, that dude! Absolutely yeah, fucking if, mental. For more details, go listen to the Young Lion podcast. <laughs> um, so, Chris, obviously, we've spoken today because we recorded an episode of the Young Lion cast today. Two, How are you? Two episodes. Two episodes. Um, concise episodes. Yeah, um, I'm all right. I'm directionless, but like, what's new there? Um, I've been playing Doom. That's fun. I watched a movie and Garth is very proud of me. And But now, because I did it once, he's now expecting me to do it again and that's the pressure I just can't take. <laughs> so what film did you watch? Clerks. And it was fun. It was really fun. <laughs> me and Garth went on like a 10 minute tangent on it um, before we started. Because Garth was like, I can see the spiraling. I'm like, I can't see it spiraling. And then we ended up talking for half an hour before starting the podcast. <laughs> so Now, this this could result in Garth shine at you, but what is next on the Chris movie project? Um, well, I have a list, and I'm just going to pick randomly from the list. I learned from last time what not to put on the list because of you guys shouted at me for some of the things I had on the list. What was on the list uh, last time? Um, fiction was on there, but that's on this one. Alien, um, Twilight. <laughs> oh, for fuck's sake. Twilight. <laughs> I want the good and the bad. I, I want I want it all, baby. 
I've also been wa- I've also been watching a lot of Doctor Who. Fine, Doctor Who, fine. Twilight, mate. So much fucking judgment. So much judgment. <laughs> to be fair, Rob earlier asked me to um, compare a Goto Okada match to a High School Musical film, and I did because they're the only the full trilogy is the only like series of films I'm convinced you've watched in its entirety. Um, the MCU, Star Wars. Um, oh, okay, I can use those as uh, as gateposts then in future. That's good to know. That's good to know. Um, so this week, guys, again, despite there being absolutely no real live wrestling apart from uh, WWE and AEW, um, we've actually got a rather full show. Um, so we best just dive straight in. Um, there's a reason I called you Jim Cornette, Garth, not just because you share the same views and you're a bigoted old bastard. Um, <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. Hashtag Garth votes UKIP. Well, to be Hashtag honest, it, it's a little bit of a shoot. I'm not going to lie. Um, <laughs> I used to have massive respect for Jim Cornette as as a wrestling mind. His opinions were absolutely diabolical, and I hate them. Hate him for that. But then I read on the internet, and it was posted by someone into a Facebook group that I follow, and this apparently, apparently is a quote from Jim Cornette regarding Dana Brooke. <laughs> Her entire face looks like it was remodelled after somebody set fire to it and tried to put it out with an axe. What the fuck? <laughs> did she do that on purpose, or did she have a horrible accident? Now, dude, what the fuck? Oh, you know what is As you said that, I could hear that in his voice. Yeah. What a fucking bell end. Um <laughs> like I'm not being funny. Why are people surprised at this point? This is a man who in recent history has called Sonny Kiss a transvestite and also said Justin Roberts is probably a pedophile. Yeah. On top of like <laughs> on top of like why is anyone at all fucking surprised by his actions at this point? Uh, it just I looked at it and I had to read it through three or four times because I was like, this can't be serious. This this can't be real. And then I realized, oh, Jim Cornette, yeah, maybe it is. Um, but there's another reason why I brought that up as well because he had his view on uh, the old Money in the Bank pay per view that was uh, that took place on the 10th of May. Um, Quick question: Why are we starting on his views and not us? Well. Yeah, there is, there is. You'll see why. There's reason behind the madness. Um, yeah, that was the main reason, just to segue into it. So on the 10th of May, WWE had their Money in the Bank pay per view with most of the matches emanating from the Performance Center, and then the two Money in the Bank ladder matches taking place simultaneously from WWE headquarters, Titan Towers. Um, Now, me and Chris have watched... I've watched the entire show. Chris, you've watched the vast majority of it. Garth, you've watched none of it. I've since went back and watched the stuff I skipped. Oh, okay, so you've watched all of it. Garth, I'm glad to see that you're sticking to your principles and like, no, absolutely fuck that shit. So, yeah, fair Um, enough. I I don't... I don't pay for it. (laughs) I see no point in giving that company fucking money. Well, no. Well... I'm not going to go through the entire pay-per-view. I just want to pick out a few a few matches. Um yeah. so we opened with the Fatal 4-Way Tag Team uh, SmackDown Tag Team Championship match uh, with the New Day retaining defeating the Forgotten Sons, The Miz and John Morrison and Lucha House Party. Very very quickly got uh, Chris, what did you think of this? 
it, it was a fine wee spot fest for Forgotten Sons continue to be nothing. Like, honestly, all I see when they're on screen is the static where they should be. But, you know, at least your house party get underutilized, like, especially like Grandma Leaky, great. Um, I'm glad they got a shot. It's nice to see. I think Morrison fits better in WWE than he does anywhere else because he doesn't need to worry about psychology because it's fed. Um, yeah, it's just a fun week. It's a, if, if, this, if this was on a show with a crowd, this would be a great way to warm them up. Yeah, absolutely. I thought they did a great job. Um, I, I don't not like the Forgotten Sons. I just don't. I don't feel anything for them. I feel, I feel they probably would have had more reaction with a crowd there, like you say. And I think that's just something that we're going to find throughout most of this card. To be perfectly honest, um, later on the card, Bailey defeated Tamina in the biggest upset in WWE history, and that was how the commentary <laughs> team put it over. Anyway, um, now. I'm not a massive fan of Tamina. I never have been from when she debuted all the way through to uh, today. But I will say that this was Tamina's strongest singles outing that I've ever seen her have. It's not <laughs> It's not a spectacular match by any stretch of the imagination. It still isn't even a passing grade. I mean, it's it's all right. Um, but it's, it's literally a mini feud to try and get us through to what I imagine will be the SummerSlam main event of Sasha not main event main feud of Sasha and Bailey i imagine that's when that's going to kick for off about 5 years now yeah true true um we had the WWE Universal Championship match between Braun Strowman and Bray Wyatt um Go wank. you didn't enjoy this did you no um the bit at the end where um Strowman had the mask on and sort of outsmarted the gullible um, Mr. Rogers, Bray Wyatt, that was alright, but like, Braun is very limited, and he, he's not going to make a convincing long-term champion unless he tr- starts trying, which he's just not going to do. I don't think Braun is going to be a long-time champion, if I'm being brutally honest. I think after after squ- effectively squashing Bray, um, I think we're probably going to have, it was teased that we're going to have Braun versus The Fiend at Backlash in June. And I think The Fiend will probably take the belt off Braun. Um, my big thing with this, you know, I thought he was a... I, I actually quite enjoyed the psychology of it. Um, conversely, I didn't enjoy the closing stretch because it was just... It was so glaringly obvious what they were doing. I did enjoy Bray hitting a Tornado DDT, which I don't think I've ever seen before in my <laughs> life. Um, I think only Braun Strowman could probably support that. But yeah, that was quite impressive. Um yeah, other than that, I thought Bray played it really, really well. His entrance was great, where he just sat, um, sort of stood with his back to Braun as Braun came in, just talking to the camera, talking about how scared he was, which I thought was quite was great. I, I, I do love his theme. His, his theme is just wonderful, especially when you compare it to Braun's. Just Braun, yeah. and then, we're really glad that you're our friend. The, the, the disparity between the two is hilarious. I'm sorry, but when... When he came out, it's one of those few times where I'm like, I really hope no one watches in because I cannot explain this. <laughs> um, then the main event of the first portion of the show, if you like, um, saw Drew McIntyre defeating Seth Rollins in 90 minutes and 20 seconds. I thought this match was great. I thought Drew looked fantastic. Um, I thought even though it was the best match on the card... It suffered from not having a crowd, and it, you know, everything that Drew was doing and that Seth was doing, it needed crowd reaction. 
I think Drew carries himself brilliantly as a champion. His interview earlier in the night where he said he was going to break Seth's jaw. You know, he said that very matter-of-factly, but he had it in a way of like, no, I am actually going to hurt the fucker, which was <laughs> which was great. Um, I'm still not 100% sold on Rollins' gimmick. Um, I feel like he's we've infring- had... He, he's infringing on my Jesus gimmick, and I'm not, I'm like, <laughs> I'm, I'm not getting any fucking royalty checks. Um, but they did a good job of making Drew look fucking strong, kicking out of a... Um, did he kick out of a stomp at one? I think so. Um, Honestly, this, when I put this back on, it's all on in the background for me. So. Yeah, it was it was a good match, probably match of the night. Um, we um, then yeah, get... Yeah, hard on this show when you look at the main event. Um, this match was... The thing is, is about this match, again, they, they structured a match around crowd interaction. Yeah. Which makes sense when you realize it's referred but at the same time makes the match suffer like I, I think there is a way to um do empty arena matches and that's either by going completely all out bollocks or do have like a daniel bryan clinic and this was neither like in front of a crowd it would be easily an eight out of ten but like without a crowd it just isn't i'm gonna stop there just for a minute and i'm gonna say like probably completely contradictory to chris i quite enjoyed this card from you know, up until the ladder matches. Positivity, where positivity due. Nothing on this card stunk. Nothing on this card was shit. Um, even, pardon me, Bailey and Tamina, which, you know, isn't everyone's cup of tea. I still, you know, it was it was okay. Nothing I was categorically bad. That one. <laughs> it's, a, it's one of those really cold cups of tea that you get and there's no, only it, half a cup. You know when you walk into like a stupidly hipstery cafe and you say, can I have a cup of tea? And we don't assume you mean cup of tea and we give you some weird herbal shit. And I'm like, no, just give me my fucking tea. <laughs> you have to specify English breakfast. And you're like, oh, who has to do that in today's society? And like, you know, it's funny. English breakfast tea up here is just rebranded as Scottish breakfast tea. <laughs> That's I'm amazing. Not even, I'm not even joking. Patriotism. Um, so we then got to, and again, I'm going to stress the first half of this pay-per-view I quite enjoyed. We then got to the Money in the Bank ladder matches, which on the back of the Buried Alive match and the Firefly Funhouse match, I was actually quite positive for because I thought they absolutely smashed it out of the park with those two matches. I wasn't a fan of the Gargano versus Champa match, but that's by the by. Well, those two... that, went the clock, that went over an hour. Exactly. That Mania match, those two Mania matches, though, I thought they shot, they delivered beautifully. The comedy was just enough, but it wasn't overbearing. The stories that they told were great, and yeah, I thought it thought they were both very good. I, I hated this. I this was absolutely awful. hated this. Now, I've seen people online who think this is great, and you know what? absolutely fine i'm not going to criticize anyone That's for fine. liking we're, what they like we're not criticizing you for liking it we're criticizing it because we didn't like it like but don't get me wrong there are bits where it got sort of a chuckle out of me like when Shayna randomly um choked out ray that was quite cool because apparently ray mysterio just can't stop dying in this match we'll get on to that in a second um but like so baron corbin staring into the mirror after smashing it and that didn't really lead anywhere and it was so stupid um and then like this going through like a lot of the comedy just it came out of nowhere and not in a funny slapstick way more in a we need to force this in and what sort of disgusted me was very clearly stephanie wasn't there when she turned up 
Yeah, I agree with you, and I've got points as well. I just want to bring Garth in. Have you seen any of this, Garth? Have you seen any of the highlights or anything of this? Nothing. Nothing. Really skipped it. Okay. Well, one thing you need to know, Garth, is apparently the elevator in um, Titan Towers takes about twenty minutes to get from the, the ground floor to the top. <laughs> so, is it, is it that big, like? Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, mate, That's... it's about four hundred floors, like the Empire State Building. Um, let's so. <sighs> A couple of things that need noting. Um, obviously, they're going to struggle for cameos because of who is going to be there because of COVID-19, and I understand that, so I'm not going to criticise them for that. Yeah, okay, Stephanie clearly wasn't there. Stephanie was recorded on a completely different camera in front of clearly what was a toilet wall, um, but <laughs> I'm not going to criticise that because, you know what, I understand the situation. Not going to criticise that. That is fine. Oh, was Vince there? I am going to criticise... actually there. Sorry, if you're COVID-19, are you getting near Vince? Fucking hell. <laughs> um, I am going to criticise other things. So, for example, Dana Brooke in this match. The way she's been portrayed has been this kind of happy-go-lucky face. You know, this person who's happy for the opportunity. During this match, she was portrayed as a bumbling idiot, which she has never once... Absolute fucking idiot. Never once been portrayed... <laughs> As in right. in WWE television, she goes into a Money in the Bank conference room. Now, how many times, Garth, you didn't even watch this fucking pay-per-view, nor the build, and you know that the Money in the Bank briefcases are on the fucking roof. That's the whole point of this bloody concept. Dana Brooke goes into the Money in the Bank conference room, which I've got in inverted commas because you can't see it because it's a podcast, and above the table there is a briefcase full of money because, of course, there is. <laughs> After decking Look, Nia Jax, exactly. After decking Nia Jax with a steel chair, she then gets up onto the table and gets the briefcase and acts like she's won. <laughs> now I'm sorry if that's our truth. Fine, because that's completely in keeping with his character. But this is Dana Brooke, who we've had no sort of builds to her being this fucking idiot. I mean, I'm sorry, but I know it's on the fucking roof. There's not a chance that she doesn't because it's been rammed down our throats for the last four and a half fucking weeks. We then get to a bloody food fight. Oh no, this is after, this is after Dana Brooke gets a picture shattered on her head. Bear that in mind for a minute. And then never remove it. Yeah, that's admittedly quite funny. But just bear that in fucking mind. So we then cut to a place in the middle of a corridor where Paul Heyman is eating his own body weight in catering and all competitors converge on this sort of area. Otis, who... I will get to that in a minute. Starts a food fight. Sort of gets all... He sort of hypes up and he's shaking and he's vibrating... And it cuts to some of the competitors' reactions. In this match, you have got Shayna Baszler and Alistair Black, two of the most badass characters you currently have on the main roster. I keep saying main roster, you know what I mean. And they are being forced to pull these stupid slapstick faces for this absolute just utter bollocks and you've got Shayna Baszler going oh my god and Alistair Black going oh my god what's happening and it's utter bollocks I'm sorry just it made no sense whatsoever so they have this fucking food fight which is just 
the absolute pits. The only good thing about it is Daniel Bryan picking up cake and shouting hiya as he's throwing it, which is just him and Asuka are the only decent things about this fucking match. Um, so then they're running, and this is where that fucking picture comes in. So there's a janitor who, by the way, interesting note, is actually Bruce Pritchard's son, um, is mopping. And they're all running, and shock of the day, apparently Klutz Dana Brooke slips on the water, okay? <laughs> and bangs her head. Sounds fucking dreadful. Hang on, hang on. God, that took her out the fucking match. <laughs> Genuinely, she fell over, and that took her out of the match. She'd just been creamed over the top of the head with that picture by Carmella, and wore it like a necklace but then slips over and apparently bangs her head and is out of the match. Shayna Baszler disappears partway through the match, just randomly disappears. She doesn't yeah, even she make just, it to the roof. She basically chokes out Rey Mysterio and goes, you know what, I'm going to go home now. It's just absolute. The, the one, like, the two only funny parts, of, the actual, like, funny parts of this happen during this the bit where everyone's running. Because first of all, both AJ and Daniel accidentally end up in Vince McMahon's office. Admittedly, this is quite funny, yes. And Vince is just like, get out. And they're like, yeah, <laughs> boss, sorry, sorry, boss. And then, like, they're going to leave. And then AJ's like, right, chairs, chairs, fix the chairs, sorry, fix the chairs. <laughs> then, then they leave. And then, and then Daniel and AJ just have a conversation outside. He was like, man, Daniel, you were such a coward in there. And he's like, didn't you tell him, didn't you suggest fixing the chairs? It's like, oh, it did, didn't I? And then they start fighting. That was admittedly actually quite funny. And then um, Alistair Black um, apparently created a room with um, with a casket so we could lock AJ Styles inside. Yeah, the that was something... At least we had some continuation of the AJ Styles Undertaker thing where he's getting PTSD from the Boneyard match because he saw a picture of Taker on the wall, didn't he, and he freaked <laughs> out. Which, admittedly, that stuff... Don't mind that. Chris, let's mm -hmm. cut to the ending, shall we? Because <laughs> so much of this fucking ending doesn't make sense. And I'm rubbing my desk in, like, this just state of anxiety. So much. <laughs> right, so can we just start with, like... So, like, the women's ended about five minutes before the men did. And when this became an actual Money in the Bank match, it was shit. No one wanted to take a bump. Apart from one guy, we'll get to that. Um... Two guys, technically. Yeah, two guys technically. Um, and then, so Asuka kicks everyone's ass as she's won today. Um, and then, for some reason, Baron Corbin tried to stop her. That made no sense whatsoever. No sense at all. Baron Corbin just go, climbs to the top of the ladder and starts trying to stop Asuka getting the women's money in the bank ladder. It's like, what the fuck are you doing? What are you doing, you moron? So anyway, he's knocked off the ladder and Asuka gets the money in the bank. Um, briefcase, which, great, because she is the only entertaining person on the women's side for this match. And, Chris, there's no way you'll disagree with me on that, because Lacey Evans was a complete non-factor. Non Nia Jax, bearing in mind this was a heavily edited match, they couldn't edit out the massive gorilla press botch that she did on um, Lacey Evans, where she basically yeah. just couldn't get her the entire way up, so just thought, fuck it, and dropped her. Um, <laughs> so bad. Oh, just... And then the men... Oh, the men's. Oh, my God, the men's. <laughs> how, how long have you, been, have you been angry about this since Sunday? Oh, Monday. Oh, my God. Has your, has your girlfriend been wondering why you're so mad? Oh, just... 
Oh, she wonders why I'm shouting Otis in bed. Um, <laughs> so we get, we get, we knew someone was going to end up off the roof because they'd mentioned it so many fucking times, but there was absolutely no build up to it whatsoever. Baron Corbin just literally turned around, threw Rey Mysterio off the roof, and then threw Alistair Black off the roof, and that was it. Just they were both on Raw the next night as well. Yeah, neither of them and, uh, referencing it. I, no, but the thing is, I saw because someone posted in inside the ropes about Al, Brian Alvarez complaining about that, and someone just went, "This shows his ignorance of a WWE product because you can very clearly hear a splash when we hit the floor." And I'm like, "If you fell off a fucking massive office building into a um, sea, you'd still probably take the next day off of work." I'm sorry, but if that's not made clear in the WWE product, that's not us as fans' fault because I didn't hear a splash. Neither did I. <laughs> So, I'm sorry, and that's I'd, not I'd us being him. ignorant. That's just really poor planning. And again, why was he doing that? So he's fine to just commit murder. He didn't know there was yeah. a fucking pool underneath there. And I'm sorry, it just it made no sense. And everything Otis did in this match was cringingly awkward. Just his comedy. Just, you know, yeah, the bit where he couldn't climb the ladder... Fair enough. That was fairly entertaining. If he hadn't done the same fucking thing on SmackDown two days before. I hadn't seen SmackDown, so I, I was unaware of his contact. So that actually got, got a giggle out of me. But um, he'd but already that... done it. But I didn't know that. Um, what got me, though, was this is the dumbest way anyone's ever won a money in the bank. Um, mm, is yeah. it? Carmella? Yeah, I was just going to say, James she Ellsworth? She didn't technically win that. Okay, It got revoked. Mm. You know what this reminded me of? You know in TNA when they were fighting for a contract and it was on a clipboard and then the contract fell off the clipboard so they were fighting with the clipboard? This is what that... <laughs> I do remember that, yeah. This is what that reminded me of. <laughs> anyway, go on. Do continue. Um. So yeah, basically how this ended was I believe it was AJ and Corbin on the top. Yeah, because um, Daniel Bryan had disappeared by this point. Yeah, he had to go Oh no, I think he was he was on the roof. No, he was on the roof. It was the women that had disappeared. Um, which makes sense because their match is over. Yeah. Um, Nia, you shouldn't put anyone else in danger around Nia Jax. <laughs> um so like they're they're arguing over it and then they just so happened like the they both yank the briefcase off. It goes flying. Just so just happens to go just far, just far enough to be caught by Otis. Just I, far enough. I will just point out that Elias had come out and smashed. I think the reason that they dropped it was because Elias came out and smashed Baron Corbin in the back with the guitar. I um, think that's fair. Why so, did you just have him in the match, then? Because apparently King Corbin put him out of a commission, apparently, at Mania, but, you know. Um, Didn't he win at Mania? Uh, we, we, this is semantics. Keep going. Um, so, yeah, and then Otis caught it, said, I did it, Mandy, and that was it. Fade to black. Just oh, under. Otis is getting some tonight. Yeah, two hours, just the over point? two and a half hours. Um. So, getting a potential WWE or WWE Universal title opportunity is Otis. Oh, okay, here's the thing. As someone, who, as someone who literally only watches WWE out of morbid curiosity, um, I I love this. I'm one of those people who want to see the world burn as far as WWE is concerned. So I'm completely down with this. I think Otis is going to cash in on the women's title 
and then give it to Mandy Rose. <laughs> that would be fucking adorable. Right, and I love that. What a fucking waste of the men's money in the bank. What a f- It's supposed to be. It's fucking packaged as an opportunity. It is the opportunity for a mid-carder to raise themselves to that main event level. It's what Rob did it for CM Punk. It's what they did for... They tried to do with Mr. Kennedy, admittedly, didn't really work. Edge, it really worked for Edge. Rob Van Dam led to that awesome scene at One Night Stand. Are you telling me that Otis fucking Dozovich, the person who's only two words the entire match were oh and yeah, and that really high... And food fight. Oh, don't fucking start. (laughs) Um, And then he's going to beat, what, the Fiend with the Caterpillar? Are you taking the piss? He's going to take out Braun Strowman with that stupid worm. Is is um, that what is that what I'm supposed to believe is happening? The man that can't climb a ladder, the man who started a food fight in the middle of a, re- a money in the bank ladder match. I don't want to. Maybe um, he cashes in on the twenty four seven title. But again, <laughs> what a fucking waste! I'm I'm I was so angry. I'm still so angry about this. It's worth pointing out, if you're at all disappointed at any point with WWE, you really brought on yourself because you shouldn't be surprised. Money in the bank, they don't... Well, admittedly, last year they had a person who wasn't even the fucking match win it, so I suppose you've got yeah. that, haven't you? Um, but I, this is your opportunity to really... You had the opportunity here to forward the storyline with AJ Styles, to make a superstar out of Alistair Black, to have Rey Mysterio have his last money in the bank, to have his last hurrah as a champion. But we give it to the man who starts food fights, to the tag team wrestler, who, I'm sorry, he's not a good wrestler. I've seen theories that he's going to lose the Money in the Bank briefcase to Dolph Ziggler. I'm sorry, I haven't been bothered about Dolph Ziggler since 2014. <laughs> what What is the point in that? You've got this bloated roster. I would rather see Bobby Lashley hold the Money in the Bank briefcase than squash our truth in a minute on the bloody lower, um, the main card. This is a complete waste of an opportunity. And I hated every minute of this because the comedy fell flat for me. You had a random man dressed as Doink, didn't even look like Doink just emerging from behind a chair. That wasn't fucking explained. That was going to fucking happen as well. It looked like Dolph. It, yeah, it didn't look like Doink. It was just awful. You had, admittedly, Bruce Pritchard got a... Um, Brother Love got a pop out of me when he was just coming out of the toilet. That was quite funny. I love you. And but, Ray was like, I love you too, man. But I need was to... the, Did the Boogeyman turn up? Nope. No, unfortunately. I'm pretty sure he's an average citizen. John Laurinaitis randomly turned up. Don't yeah, know why. Um, he's in a scooter <gasps> as well. Who's there? People, people power! And then he got pied <laughs> in the face by... Otis, because, you know... You know what's fucked? He was actually a decent wrestler in, back in his day. He no, he was good in Japan. Him. Right, good, very good point. He was against, like, Masara and all that, but still. Just, I was so angry about this whole situation. And I know people think, you know, it's a, it's a laugh, it's comedy. I'm sorry, no. This is not where you use your comedy. This storyline was absolutely perfect up to WrestleMania. He got the girl, he got rid of Ziggler, I was invested in that storyline. I'm sorry, I don't care if you want it by accident, I don't care if he's a funny guy, I don't care if Vince thinks he's hilarious because he does a tummy wiggle and eats lots of food. That's not the person who was going to represent your company. I've seen people say he's going to 
cash in on the tag team titles. Why? The tag team division shit. You could just win them in a match. I'm just, I'm I'm so annoyed about it, and I know I need to move on because otherwise I'm going to spend an hour and a fucking half talking about the fact that Otis so, Dozovic is having from, a world opportunity, and it does me add in. From one shit show to <sighs> some good news. Oh <laughs> <laughs> my! That, that was possibly the worst segue in wrestling in Podmania history. Oh, it's uh, not, mate. You weren't here for some of the old ones. You weren't, mate. Oh my god! I, I couldn't remember what was best. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Let's let's move on to some what is absolutely phenomenal news. So on the next night on Raw, um, it was teased that Becky Lynch had this m- massive, massive announcement. She hadn't wrestled since WrestleMania, and I think everyone had guessed what it was. Um, she came out with the title really, really emotional and said that um, basically the Money in the Bank ladder match wasn't for Money in the Bank. Q asked her to come out. She's out with the briefcase um, on like a table. Asker comes out and says, basically, what are you doing? Because Becky said she's going away. Um, she says, I'm giving you... Um, you didn't, there's a reason you haven't been able to open the money in the bank briefcase, clicks it and out falls the title. Asuka's very, very confused at this point. Becky says you're the champion and that basically she can continue being a warrior because she's going to go be a mum. So Becky Lynch is pregnant. So congratulations this, to Becky Lynch and one, Seth Rollins. This was one of my favourite um, memes created. Um, it's, it's, right, so I know like, what you mean. I know which one you it mean. Was, it was um, a picture of a shield. So Dean pulls out WWE. Uh, Roman pulls out WrestleMania. Seth never pulls out. <laughs> <laughs> there was some absolutely fantastic ones. Um, so um, Gaff, any advice for Seth Rollins on being a dad? Um, give up all your hobbies. <laughs> You were just gonna leave it to that, then. Just give I up. You were... I, I thought you were just gonna say give up. <laughs> Jesus, man. Your life, as you know. It. Well, it doesn't matter for wrestlers because you just fuck off on, on the road. So. Well, that's the thing. They're not sure. There's a lot of talk, pardon me, about Becky Lynch potentially not coming back after. I mean, it's a built-in storyline for her to come back. I think she will come back. But then again, you don't know. She might, you know, she might not want to. And fair enough. Um. But you know what? I'm happy for her. I love the angle of Seth, who was clearly clearly shaken by his match with Drew the previous night, but just looked like he'd just he'd had the worst news in the entire world. <laughs> his hair was all over the place. He was staring off into the middle distance. He wasn't into anything. Um, he then tried to murder Rey Mysterio by squashing his eye onto the corner of the steps. Apparently... By the way, apparently that makes Rey Mysterio into critical condition, but being yeeted off a building doesn't. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, congratulations to Becky Lynch. She's no longer the Raw Women's Champion, holding it for 370-something days, maybe 380-something days. So yeah, a congratulations. A lot of days. Um, from one person relinquishing a title to another person relinquishing a title, Sami Zayn who, of course, was the Intercontinental Champion, um, is no longer. He has been forced to relinquish it because he cannot defend it for 30 days. Um, I wanted to get your opinion on this. Let's start with you, Garth. Well, if that's the rule, I suppose, it's happened to people in the past, hasn't it? Um... Apparently it doesn't apply to Lesnar. 
actually. Um, but or Goldberg. The, <clears throat> wasn't the rumours saying that? Uh, I mean, the, the official word was that he'd had some sort of like dent proce- dent procedure. But they're saying that's, that. That's like, bollocks, just, though, isn't it? Yeah, but somebody reckons that. Like some places have <clears throat> said that it could possibly be something more, and that he's going to be out for a lot longer. So if it's health related, then fair enough. Um, but I don't know. Like. I mean, he seems to have been. Um, he's been on Twitter, hasn't he? Sort of talking about it. So yeah, honestly, it'd be, if um, it was anything remotely that WWE wouldn't want out, but he wouldn't be letting him mouth up off so much on Twitter. Yeah. For example, the best one on here: WWE and Fox tweeted the next <laughs> Intercontinental Champion should be dot dot dot, telling fans to put it in themselves, and then Sami Zayn just commented, um, "Ashamed of themselves." Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, it's <clears throat> it'll be. Um, it'll just be part of the storyline when he comes back. I mean, he made the decision didn't he, not to come in for health reasons. So, well, originally I thought that's why it was. I thought it was because of COVID nineteen, and he was, you know, he was basically refusing to come to work, which he is perfectly within his rights to do. Um, I thought that was the reason, but obviously, other reasons have presented themselves. I can't see WWE just... doing that. Though to be um, fair, if... they did it to Devlin. Yeah, if it was just I don't want to come in because of COVID, and then they started taking, and then they took the title off him for that, I'd be a bit pissed off. Yeah, because um... I'm not being funny. Lesnar's not defending the title for several months because uh, it's what's in my contract. Whereas this dude, who's always there, always gets shot on money, gets the title, and it's like, you know what? I don't want to possibly die. And then they're like, yeah, we'll give you the title then, you dick. Yeah. Um... So Sami Zayn is no longer the Intercontinental Champion. They're going to address this on SmackDown. Um, quick question. Um, who would you like to see win it? Tucker. Tucker. That would be amazing. And then Otis cashes in on him. That no, no, would no. be absolutely Tucker, incredible. Tucker gets it. Then they win the tag titles. And then Otis cashes in on Braun to get the Universal Championship. Heavy Machinery holding all the gold. Mandy wins the Women's Championship. Oh, it's a Power trip. It's a power free thumb. But no, <laughs> you no. Um, I cannot begin to. I know you're joking, but I cannot begin to describe how angry that's making me. So here's the thing. I'd love it because I just want to see the world burn. Because quite frankly, WWE fans got my fucking tits. So this would be amazing. Um, Garth, would you like to see hold it? Irrelevant yeah. of brand for a minute. It depends who can. <laughs> um, when's the next sort of? Well, when are they going to put it up there on Friday or something? It's Yeah, they're doing something on Friday. I can't remember what, exactly what he said, but they are addressing the future of the championship. Like, I would like somebody like The Miz or something to take it again. Or somebody who can try and do something with it. Um, see, I, I would say like someone like Bobby Roode or something, but they've, they've, they've tried with those people. Samoa Joe, maybe someone like that. I don't know. Yeah. The, well, there's huh, on Raw they announced that they are doing an invite or something. It's basically the wild card rule again because their ratings are down the fucking toilet. So they've introduced the wild card rule that didn't work when they had fans to try and bring in more fans. So you know WWE logic and all that. Um, for me, I'd like to see maybe maybe Sheamus or a Jeff Hardy. You know. Someone who can have great matches. Like, Cesaro. 
would be great. Cesaro would be great, but they're not going to do that now. Then they're not going to give it from Sami Zayn to another one of Sami Zayn's clan, are they? Um, and unfortunately, much to hate to say this because I love Cesaro, the ship, the the boat sailed with Cesaro. You know, they oh, had the chance to do stuff with him when he won the Andre the Giant Battle Royale, and they've done nothing with him apart from you know he was in a very good tag team. But apart from that, they've done nothing with him. Garth, sorry. Like, there's only really of the people who are available to actually wrestle. There's people like they could bring over like Alistair Black or AJ or someone from NXT, give them a shot. Joe. Yeah, sure. Um, Nakamura again. He's in. He's in Sammy Dane's clan. Oh yeah, of course he is. Fucking idiot. <laughs> Edge. What you or Nakamura? <laughs> well, me. Edge. Edge would be great. Um. Yeah, for me, there hasn't been a great intercontinental champion since The Miz in 2016. That run with the IC Championship from the first brand split in 2016. I say first, I know there was ones before, but um, that inaugural brand split in 2016, his run with that, he managed to pull the only program I've given a shit about Dolph Ziggler in since 2014 out of him. And... Yeah, his promos were absolutely fantastic. For me, I would have loved to have seen him versus Daniel Bryan for a title in an extended feud because I don't think they did enough with that. And I think this would be perfect. Miz versus Daniel Bryan. Be great. Let's go with that. Let's go with that as our official answer. Um, Garth, you got very excited this morning, didn't you? Specifically about wrestling. Bear yeah, in no, mind. It, yeah, we're, just, we're not talking about it's bad sheet. Yeah, just calm down. Just calm down. Okay. Um, what the fuck is going on there? What are you doing? What was that noise? What? You naughty, what? naughty man. <laughs> um, That's my phone going absolutely crackers. I know. I was thinking, fucking hell. Um, so why were you really happy this morning, Garth? Talk us through your happiness and why you were so happy. Because <clears throat> I woke up to the beautiful in your house logo <laughs> NXT in your house <laughs> yeah they are doing an NXT takeover in your house um, why are they had to have DX announce that I've got no idea because ratings I suppose which by the way didn't work um, the ratings are in for AEW versus NXT this week they are in yeah, we just came, um, I was just tweeted them. Um, AEW six hundred fifty four thousand, NXT six hundred four thousand. Uh, to be honest, for me, ratings are completely irrelevant at the moment. Um, you sound like an NXT fan. No, just <laughs> in general, what's the point in doing this when when there's fans and people are able to go and see shows? Absolutely, but I just I I, I don't really pay attention to it, especially in the current climate. But um, I just do it so I can play um, Alvarez Bingo in the comments. Just to get the same <laughs> yeah. all the time, every single time. Um, yeah, you've you've got a lot of fond memories, haven't you, Garth, of the in your house shows? You know what it is? It's less on. Uh, it's less memories. It's more. Uh, I love the set, and I love the because this was obviously like prime. It was. Prime sort of cartoon going into the sort of attitude stuff. It was the sort of crossover time. Yeah, it was. And there's an absolute bet was on in your house shows though. You like had some Mankind versus Sean. But the, you know what? 
and this is going to sound so fucking stupid, the first thing that ever, ever comes into my mind whenever I think about in your house is men on a mission. Why? Because that's one, one of the first memories. I'm, I remember them coming down, doing their shit little rap with that house backdrop behind them. And that, that, honestly, that's the first thing that always comes into my head. It's quite sad that that's that iconic, that that house set. Um, but you're right. It, it should, it's, an, it's a novel concept and obviously a bit tongue-in-cheek with you know the current situation that people find themselves in. Um, the logo looks great. But it always has. It's always looked very nineties and you know generally very cartoony, as you said, Gar. Um, but yeah, seventh is it the seventh of June? I think they've announced it for. Mm-hmm. So got a couple of weeks build. Um, I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued because they could absolutely fucking load this. Um, I'd be interested well, to see Gagano who they go. versus Champa. Fucking again. <laughs> <laughs> Gargano versus Champa nine or whatever it is now. The last um, last stand. I don't... With Adam Cole holding the championship for so long, it'll be interesting to see. I imagine it's probably going to be Balor. Yeah. Um, maybe we... I, I was about to say we could put the UK title on the line, but that's not going to happen, is it? Well, no. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I'm trying to think what I'd actually do. For my, no, actually, it won't be Balor um on NXT last night from um, what I saw on Instagram. Um, he's entering a feud with Damien Priest. Oh, good. So they know how to use him then. Um, yeah, just um, fucking just shoot, uh, Killer Cross or whatever they're calling him, like straight to the top. Oh, and um, I, I, Carry On Crossing. Um, Thatcher <laughs> just turned on Riddle. Oh, I saw that coming a fucking mile off. The guy yeah. who used to be in ring camp, you're teaming with him against his old team. I wonder what's going to happen. Oh, shock, he turned and joined Imperium. Who it's knew like, that was coming? It's, it's not just right. It's like you have Timothy Thatcher, who's like the most no nonsense. Um, wrestler in the world and Matt Riddle oh, just yeah alright I mean it's it's going to be interesting to see the card they pull out it would surprise me if Adam Cole walks out of this still as champion he's held the belt for fucking ages and there really isn't aside from Karrion Cross, there isn't really anyone there that I see holding that belt at the moment um, I think you're forgetting about everyone's favourite, Cameron Grimes. Cameron, Cameron, the most generic creator wrestler name ever. He went from one generic creator wrestler name to another in quick succession. Um, moving away from NXT then to its competitor in AEW, they've announced the vast majority of their Double or Nothing card from from May 23rd. It was, of course, supposed to be emanating from the MGM Grand Arena in Nevada, but it's not anymore. They haven't announced where it's going to be from. I imagine it's going to be uh, Jacksonville. But they've announced the card. So, I know that, Chris, aside from one thing, you don't know the card, do you yet? Yeah. Um, and, Garth, I've I don't know. You've seen the card. So oh, Yeah, I've got the card. I'm going to run down it, and uh, you can sort of give me your thoughts at the end. Um, Cody versus Lance Archer, which is the tournament final for the AEW TNT Championship. Of course, the winner will be the inaugural one. This championship will be presented by none other (laughs) than, not Sting, who we all thought it was going to be, but Mike fucking Tyson. They're meant to be the good guys. AEW meant to be the people who, who are like not 
used rapists for a cheap part. <laughs> what makes me laugh is they they did the they did the TNA thing um, and the WCW thing of saying we're not gonna, just going to use old WWE guys and then they're two big champions at the moment have been Chris Jericho and John Moxley who've both been WWE guys and then obviously you've got Mike Tyson who is a, a WWE guy. Honestly, with, Mox, with Moxley and Jericho it at least kind of made sense. Oh yeah, Mike, it did. Absolutely. Mike, Mike Tyson. You, you he hasn't been relevant in like, years. It's funny they, they keep they outwardly try and score try to score like PR points with so many things like cancelling storylines that fans aren't um, fans of um, and doing and purposely making their roster diverse and they're good things, but they all mean shit when you're doing shit. Well, not like they don't mean shit, but like. Any sort of PR points you try to score now really don't work because you've just you've hired a rapist who enjo- who has a taste for flash. That's just what you've done. That's literally <laughs> what you've done. Um, yeah, it, it's a very very strange decision. I don't really understand that at all. Sting would have been completely perfect for this, but yeah, okay. Any wrestler would have been. Anyone would have been back. They could have gotten fucking. Just get Bret Hart to do it again. Do you really want someone as frail as Bret Hart presenting a uh, title? I'd I'd want anyone apart from Mike Tyson who hasn't been relevant in years. I would take the goon over. (laughs) Again, it's not even relevance. It's it's the fact that like you're meant to they're meant to be the good guys and they're hiring a rapist. Yeah, it it doesn't make sense, but yeah, there we are. Um, We have a singles match between MJF and Jungle Boy. That should be relatively good. Um, We've got the Women's Championship match, which is a no-DQ and no-count-out match uh, between Nyla Rose and Hikaru Shida. Uh, We've got another women's singles match low down the card, Britt Baker versus Chris Statlander, uh, which I imagine is going to be some manner of number one contendership match. Um, we've we've got on the pre-show a number one contendership match for the AEW World Tag Team Championships between Private Party and the Best Friends. Um, we have got the Casino Ladder match for a future AEW World Championship match. It's basically money in the bank. Um, and so far they have announced four of the five competitors. Uh, Darby Allen, <clears throat> Colt Cabana, Orange Cassidy and Ray Phoenix have so far been announced. And then we Have you heard the got... rules about this match? I haven't. Please enlighten me. It sounds <clears throat> kind of interesting. Um, basically, two people start. Um, it's a nine-man match. Two people start and then a person enters every 90 seconds. And it's not a Money in the Bank match. Because you've got to get a giant casino chip. Oh my god, this is <laughs> reeking of TNA right now. Oh my god, it really... It's like the backwards battle royale. Oh my no, god, that like, sounds so corny, it's untrue. It's like King of the Mountain all over Oh again. my god, it is, yeah. So, hang on. Oh, so two people are in the ring to start yeah. with. I was just going to say, not one person, surely, because you just climb up the ladder and get it before the rest yeah. of them get in. So... I'll, I'll come to that in a minute then because, oh my God, that could either be fantastic or fucking diabolical. Um, then we have the AEW World Championship match uh, with John Moxley taking on Brody Lee, which oh, what? Um, what? I want to talk to you about 
in a minute because yeah and then we have what presumably is replacing the blood and guts match we have a stadium stampede match with the elite adam page kenny omega matt hardy matt jackson and nick jackson taking on the inner circle obviously chris jericho jake hager sammy guevara and then santana and ortiz so eight matches with one pre-show match announced before it wouldn't surprise me if we have some manner of match added as well overall let's start with you garth how are you feeling about the card? What are you excited for? What are you not excited for? And I'll throw to you, Chris, afterwards. I think it looks all right. I think, honestly, the John Moxley versus Brody Lee, not really bothered. There's not really been that. There's been no build, really. There's been no interaction. Um, nah. I, I don't know if it's just me, but the whole Brody Lee thing's not really grabbed us. That I thought, like I thought, it was gonna. I just think that gimmick shit. I think he's good in it, and I think he's he's a good talker in a promo. But the, the actual gimmick's just not very exciting. It's pretty dull. It's just basically kind of what he was doing with Bray. Um, well, yeah, not, he's just corporate Bray, isn't he? Yeah. Um, I think the Cody Lance Archer match will be decent. Mm. Cody Cody always seems to sort of pull it out of the bag when it comes to these matches, and, and Lance Archer is just a monster in the ring so it's going to be a pretty brutal I wonder if somehow Jake gets involved maybe um, the other ones like, I'm, I'm intrigued to see what that ladder match is going to be because it's it's like a sort of battle royale ladder match Royal Rumble sort of thing like just to see and who else is going to be in it because you've got Darby Allen in there he's a psycho yep. you've got Ray Phoenix in there he's mental Ray Phoenix is fucking class there's Orange Cassidy, who will do his stuff. Cole Cabana's good. I'd be surprised if you don't see someone else in there, like um, Jimmy Havoc or something like that. You need someone who's going, because you've got two... You've got Ray Phoenix, who's very flippy. You've got Cole Cabana, who's comedy. You've got Orange Cassidy, who's comedy. You've got Darby, who's hardcore. You need someone who is completely different to those wrestlers. So... Yeah. Yeah, I'll well, be, look, I'll I be mean, intrigued. They've had a little bit of sort of back and forth with Darby Allen and Jimmy Havoc, so maybe it's been sort of playing to that. Maybe, maybe. Um, but other than that, I mean, I mean, MGF Jungle Boy will probably be quite good. Best friends, Pirate Party, don't care. Um, Inner Circle versus the Elite. I hope this is hokey shit. Oh, it I will be one hundred percent. Matt Hardy's in it. Shit. So I'm really, really looking forward to that. I think that's probably the one I'm most looking forward to. Um, I think it looks like a decent card. Yeah. I think they've done well with what they are able to put out. I was, yeah, I was going to say, especially with what they've got access to. So yeah, yeah. The only two real objections I have on this card is a for world title match because seriously, that came out of fucking nowhere. And like you're either gonna you're either gonna derail Moxley's title reign or you're gonna derail um, Brody Lee. One or the other. There's no way to get get out of this without it being shit. Couldn't agree with you more, Chris. And then you have <laughs> rapist Mike Tyson, and I just can't get over it. Like that's <laughs> just how I'm gonna refer because like I, people seem to just forget. They're like, well, he's a draw. No, he's a rapist. Yeah. Rapist Mike Tyson, who will probably bite Cody's ear off or something. 
Um, what overall then? Aside, are they the only two objections you've really got? Yeah, um, which is bad because they're the two main events. Um, well, mm. actually, no. No, the looking... stadium stampede match. Yeah, to be fair, I am looking forward to that because it's, it's going to be pokey shit mixed with young buck shit, which is set to make both Gaff and Jim Cornette ha- hate everything. But, yeah, no, it's going to be fine. It's pro- with the exception of those two things. And to be fair, like, I'm not sure how much rapist Mike Tyson being a ringside is going to affect Cody versus um, Archer. Whereas, like, the lack of story going, like, seriously, like, they must have had someone around who could have faced Moxley. Well, like, honestly, like because of the circumstances, you could probably go away with having Moxley in a tag match. The problem that you've got is you have got a very, very... You've got a relatively big main event scene. The problem is that you've put 10 of your biggest stars in one match. So... Right, yeah, here's what you do, then. That's have the issue. Dab, um, take um, Brody Lee, put him in the number one contendership... Um, ladder match, take Darby Allen out, put him in with Moxley, because they A, they have a history, mm. and B, Darby Allen having gutsy performances which he loses is basically his MO. So. I think that would work. I'd have yeah, I'd also, then have Brody Lee win the match. Yeah, and then that could have set up a match um, match between Moxley and um Lee further down the line. Because here's the thing Moxley and Allen had a match earlier this year and it fucked it fucked so hard. It was uh, yeah. Was it was it the new year or was it earlier than that? It was no, either late yeah. last year or early this year. Yeah, it's one of the two. But like, it's one of the paradigm shift of the second rope. It was class. <sighs> yeah, I, I I like this card. I think the card's good. I think Shida versus Rose has the potential to be quite decent. I, I think I think that's probably going to be Rose's best match because a it's Shida and Shida's great. Mm-hmm. And it's no disqualification so you can get a lot of bollocks off um i'm not bothered about the tag match like you garth um i think lance archer needs to win that tnt championship because the entire thing throughout this tournament has been lance archer wanting to get his hands on cody um they have got to be very very careful how they book that AEW world championship match it would not surprise me if we have dq bollocks with that because you yeah. can't afford to have Brody Lee, who only came to the company in March, lose a high-profile match to John Moxley. Ver- but conversely, ver- you cannot have John Moxley lose already. Is there a precedent for what happens for a referee stoppage in a title match in AEW? No, it's, I don't think so. It's, there's no rules at all, No, seemingly. So. Never. <laughs> that was the issue when uh, Dynamite started. They had, they had real issues with inconsistent rules. Yeah, but apparently that's because the Lucha Brothers just did what the fuck they wanted. Because yeah. <laughs> you tell Pentagon he's not allowed to do it. Um, we'll go into more detail on this card as we get closer and we'll be giving our official predictions on uh, on the show before this. I just wanted to get your thoughts, obviously, because the most of the card is announced. Um, very, very quickly, last thing on this then. The ladder match, who would you like to see in it? Very, very quickly, Chris. Candy Floss. You're a fucking idiot. Garth. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would like to see... I think Jimmy Hobbit would be good in it and probably... Joey Janela's probably going to be in there. Maybe Scorpio Sky. 
he'll win it. I don't know. It'll Daniel. be interesting, yeah. I was just going to say to have Daniels in there, someone like that, and then you've got, Zima. you know... Cena? Cena. Oh, I thought he said Cena. I was like, what? Um, I, I... I mean, the the heart part of me wants Pac to be in there, but obviously, you know, you've got your death triangle teammate in Ray Phoenix. Just don't forget they're a thing. Um, but, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm not sure who... I mean... I've got a horrible feeling who I think is going to be in that match. Um, Who's that? Sean Spears. Oh, yeah, he will. Um, because they and seem ben, to be pushing him. And <laughs> Pushing him? Has he got any wins recently? Uh, yeah, he defeated that jobber a couple of weeks ago. Oh, yeah, good for him. Proud, 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 proud of you. We'll, uh, but like I say, we'll do our predictions once we oh, know the full card. I, I forgot to say, Sugar Duncanton had a match with Chris Jericho. I'm so proud of him. No, he didn't. Yeah, he did. No, he didn't. Pineapple Pete had a match with Chris Jericho. <laughs> mm-hmm. Let's move on then. Final two things then on our show tonight. And this is only quick because I've only literally two minutes ago saw this. Um, Chris, I imagine you already know, but Progress have cancelled all of their dates basically throughout the summer until the earliest They've said the very earliest that they are going to start running shows again is October. So the following yes. dates have been in, have been cancelled. Uh, 28th of June in Camden, 10th of July in Leeds, 11th of July in Manchester, 12th of July in Newcastle, uh, 28th of July in Camden, their entire America tour, which was the 30th of July in LA, 31st of July in Seattle, 1st of August in Seattle, uh, and the 2nd of August in Portland. Their... To, uh, what's the tournament called? Strong Style 16. Strong Style 16. Super, that's been cancelled on the 29th, 30th and 31st of August and their Camden show on the 27th of September. So they've basically said that we will refund you automatically or the ticket companies will refund you, so that's not an issue. But yeah, really, really sad there that Progress about to cancel 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13 dates, including a tour of America. So yeah, really sad news that I yeah. just wanted to let you know. Um well it, it was bound to happen. Like progress are definitely not people to take something like this lightly but always well they're basically a, a bunch of socialists running a wrestling company. But also in League with WWE, it's a weird one. It's like mm. it's like it's like the chumba wumba of wrestling. But yeah, it's a shame like just from a fan's perspective, is it a shame because they were starting to get some really good stuff happening like for example when i sent you guys a promo uh, like a couple months ago from eddie kingston in progress mm-hmm. um and that was setting up a Karen noir um and eagerly dragon off feud which would have been tasty as fuck um paul robertson was having a great run with the pro like this progress were doing well they they'd lost a ton of guys but they were doing well out of it and we were finally getting to the point where these guys are established and then it's all been derailed and it fucking sucks but Did- yeah did you have tickets to any of these shows? I was gonna go. To, I was gonna see. I was definitely gonna go to one in Newcastle, partly because it gives me a chance to see Garth, partly because they are wrestling. Oh. Um, and then I was also gonna try and convince Garth to come to that, and then you'd go, "Oh, you didn't invite me," and then we'd convince you to come to it. It'd end up being an impromptu road trip, and I'd love it. But <laughs> you'd had a lot of thought about that, didn't you? Yeah, and then it's gonna be a last night out in Newcastle. Amazing, but. Um... Yeah, it's, I was good, I was definitely planning on going to um, 
of a blah, I've lost I've, to the Newcastle one because it's the only time I can really go see progress and not have to spend an exorbitant amount of money to go down to London. But yeah, it just fucking sucks. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> like re- less wrestling of the world sucks, but it has to happen. Last thing then. Um, during the Money in the Bank pay-per-view, this was very strange. During the Money in the Bank pay-per-view, they advertised that the Undertaker series, The Last Ride, would be basically an episode every Sunday will be dropping um, of this unprecedented documentary, really, because The Undertaker just doesn't get filmed. Um, the reason it was strange is because it had already been released on the network about four days beforehand, so I don't know why they said it was dropping, but there you are. Um, but yeah, the first episode, I managed to watch it, on the I think on Monday I finished watching it and it was really really good one thing I will say that the 24s and the 365 documentaries that um, WWE do tend to be very very good and I went into this with high hopes the first episode is all about the lead up to Wrestlemania 33 and what I imagine, or what it's very, very heavily implied, is supposed to be Undertaker's retirement match against Roman Reigns um, at the Camping World Stadium in Orlando. And they show you all the backstage stuff, him arriving, doing um, press for it, doing um, rehearsals for his entrance, things like that. And it's really, really quite harrowing to see how in how bad a shape The Undertaker was actually in. Um, Garth, you texted me and went, fucking hell, he's in bits. And he really is. I mean, I shouldn't laugh, but after you see him, and Michelle McCool is fantastic through this, she just says, you can't see the pain he's in because he doesn't say anything. He's a company man through and through. You know, if he'd broken his leg, he'd walk fucking through it. Well, I didn't even know that he'd had that much Foley with a broken foot? I did, but only because I reviewed the show when I did this on my own about four years ago. So that's, that's the insane. only reason I knew. It's like, well, hang on, you existed before we met. I did. <laughs> it's like, obviously, we all know that Undertaker's like a legend and stuff, but hearing him talk about how much he still loves it, like, I was getting goosebumps watching it. Because it was like, he said, this is the business, I have to protect it. So he had no problem doing anything that happened. Like, And he even says, like, the streak had to end. It's just like, what a guy. <laughs> like, no airs of graces. But you could see when he came in, the absolute fucking unbelievable respect. Everyone came over and said, like, hello. Shook his hand and all that. And it was, it was funny. <laughs> I was laughing at the bit where... Um, he goes to see Reigns and they're at the table just talking. Reigns is sitting there with a pint and Undertaker sits down and it, it's like old man Taker. He's like, well, back in the day. <laughs> yeah, he does. <laughs> and I was like, shit, what the hell? Oh, <laughs> oh my God, I'm Undertaker. On and the road like, in my day. And, you, and I was like half expecting like um, Reigns to just start like rolling his eyes. <laughs> <laughs> so, so what you're saying uh, is that you're Undertaker and I'm Roman. Yeah. I'd take that comparison, to be fair, mate. Watching some of that footage where when he's doing those choke sams, like sort of like 99 era, holy fucking shit, where he's picking them up with one arm and putting them like 10 foot in the air 
picking up Triple H and just throwing him around was like unbelievable. And you think, you forget that that's what he used to be like. And he even says on it, I don't want people to say, oh, if you think that's Undertaker, what, like, look at what he used to be like. And I think yeah. he is getting to that. He is at that point. And Vince even mentions it, doesn't he? He says that match that he had um, with Reigns, he wasn't quite there. And then, I, like, again, I'd forgot about the whole concussion thing as well. Where we said that this match was the dropped. bit, yeah. He has no memory from three o'clock that afternoon. Fucking hell, how did you get through that match? It's just pure muscle memory. He. The way they describe that, and Vince tears up the way they describe, you know, they cut backstage and they see, you see Vince running into like Gorilla and goes, We need help, we need it now. Mm-hmm. And they talked to the medic who sorted him out after WrestleMania 30, and they basically said he just looked up and went, Hello. Oh, just with mm-hmm. this horrible vacant stare. And he said, and like he said, Garth, he says, I still can't remember that match. But he went into a feud with Brock Lesnar with such issues, and it shows you the footage of Taker literally wincing in this agony every time Brock is launching him around the ring because he had an f- entire feud with Brock, not just Mania. He had a match at, I think, um, Hell in a Cell. Um, um, SummerSlam and Hell in a Cell. SummerSlam, that was the other one. And he's just, he's in bits. The thing that really Which got me... Showed, go on. It showed you them after the SummerSlam match where he just fucking collapsed. Collapsed on the way out, yeah. It's just horrible. The bit that really stuck out for me was after the, in inverted commas, retirement, when he leaves his stuff in the ring, and obviously... This this made me tear up when I watched it live. And he stands on the ramp, puts his fist up, and descends into the smoke. Yeah. That got me live. I was I was gone at this point. I was I was goosebumping then. But yeah. did you see all the crowd doing it as well? Yeah. It was when he descended and literally he just you just see him crumple in mm. agony on this lift. And it's just like fucking hell, this man's in pieces. That's- that's the point when he did that and when he when he's watching it back or when he's talking about it and he's saying like I couldn't I couldn't have that as my last match and you kind of think fair enough like at the time all the fans were like please don't come back and then when he didn't it's like oh you fucked your legacy but now you know why yeah because he, he didn't want to go out on that note and it's like fair enough like I I'll, I'll like I'll take that like because you want to go out with a lasting memory. Um, I mean, that Reigns match wasn't awful. It was a couple of botches. It's it's the one botch I think everyone remembers. It's that botched tombstone, isn't it? Yeah. Um, but, I mean, I was watching it and I was like, fucking hell, I love The Undertaker. Like, like re, re-remembering how good he was. Where It was really good seeing all those old like backstage footage from like years ago mm. when he sat with like, Kurt. And he my said, fa- oh, you'll make, you might make it in the business one day, kid. <laughs> my favourite Undertaker story, actually, is um, Shawn Michaels being a bit of a diva in the lead-up to his Mania yeah. match with Austin. <laughs> right, Garth, calm down. <laughs> um, any opportunity. And um, apparently he was considering just not dropping it to Austin, like he was going to shoot on him or something. Um, with, with his back, it's fucking ambitious. But apparently Undertaker was like, I'm taking matters into my own hands. And was and directly said to him, right, I'm going to beat the shit out of you if you do anything to ruin this yeah. main event. And then just as Sean was about to go out the, um, uh, go out and go through the curtain, 
um, he was um, taping. Undertaker was taping up his fists and just sort of nodded at Sean. <laughs> Here's looking didn't at he you, kid. To, uh, didn't he threaten to sort of break his legs or something at one point? Yeah, something like no, that. He, yeah, yeah. It's just a bit where, like, he's so you can tell he's so approachable for everyone. Like, you, there's all these videos of people sitting around him, like basically just getting schooled. Even back in like, like say like the nineties, it looked like. I mean, at some point, it looked like it was like mid to late nineties. I mean, apparently, he could be a right cunter. I think like, all. Yeah. I think everyone can be a right cunt at times. To be fair, yeah. Apparently, he's the reason um, CM Punk's first title reign, well, and second title reign, was derailed because Punk robbed Taker the wrong way, and Taker just complained to management, and then beat him in less than ten minutes. Well, I think Punk did all right for himself, to be fair, in the end. Yeah, like two years later. Yeah. I loved him. I loved like the fact that he was like brutally honest about him entering the Royal Rumble that time. Where he said, I looked around and was like, I shouldn't be here. Yeah. And it, it was he was right because it was younger people. It's hard watch, watching The Undertaker and in-ring general saying that about himself. Like, I shouldn't be here. It's, it's, quite, a, it's quite a harrowing experience, isn't it, really? Yeah, and then the the bit where he's um, where he's working out, he's wearing the Andre t- Andre t shirt. I'm like, that's says everything. He lo- fucking loves wrestling. <laughs> I'm really looking forward to the next episode. The next episode is supposed to drop on the 17th of May, so Sunday as we're mm-hmm. recording. So definitely check it out because it is it's so in depth. It's stuff that you won't have seen before. It's and- completely exclusive footage and. It just it adds a completely different I, dimension to the Undertaker. I've only seen a bit of it, but from what I've seen, it doesn't have the normal WWE issue of skirting over certain parts of history because they're awful for that. Even in like WWE twenty, um, some of their twenty fours, but very big skirt over things, and I well, get the, it. But like it leads to me for the ruthless aggression stuff. They rewrote the whole history. Yes, yeah, no. I've, I've, I remember being really excited about the ruthless aggression stuff, and I'm like, oh, finally, we can get to the point where we can romanticize this era. And I'm like, okay, we can romanticize it without skirting our earth. And I sort of get why, because of like some of what one of the people they particularly pushed. But like, if that's the case, just don't make a fucking documentary well, on it. I suppose that's the thing. You've got the all of the stuff that we're doing around it as well. Yeah, like I, I don't know. Like I just I. In recent times, I grew a distaste for WWE documentaries because every time I watch one, it turns out I've been lied to. So. Anyway, let's stop it there then, guys, um, because we've managed to cover quite a lot in actually a remarkably short amount of time. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, thank you all for listening, guys. We do really appreciate it. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts, whether that's Google or whether it's Apple Podcasts or Stitcher, wherever we are, absolutely everywhere. Check out the uh, website, www.podmania.co.uk for all our archived podcast episodes as well as all the others on our network um you can follow the podcast on twitter at at podmania join the facebook group at podmania podcasts uh garth where can they find you at gothamania uh chris where can they find you and bushy <laughs> and you can, and you can talk to me at at real rob Gooden. and i want to leave you tonight ladies and gentlemen with a final 
a final little segment from Jim Cornette, who, upon hearing that Otis had won money in the bank, apparently <laughs> reacted thusly. I hate Otis. Did I, me- <laughs> did I mention in my notes I hate Otis? So Otis has a world title opportunity, rips up his notes. Fuck these fucking people. <laughs> the pandemic is going to kill 50 million people. It's going to kill wrestling. Fuck this. Good night, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> You've been listening to the Podmania Pro Wrestling Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Podmania, Facebook at Podmania Podcasts, and YouTube and Instagram at RealPodmania. And check out the website, podmania.co.uk. Until next time, wrestling fans. Wrestling fans.